1: Time to get you dialed into the biggest stories of the day. This is the Daily Ten with Matt Chernoff. Alright, everybody, here we go. It's time for the Monday edition of the Daily Ten. That means it's your friend Matt back with you, ready to take you on our 10-minute sports journey together today. Here's what's coming up on our Roads Group rundown. It's brought to you by the Roads Group. You're asking Matt, who is the Rhodes Group? Well, it's a good question. Well, the Roads Group is my independent insurance agency that I turn to to get me and my family the best home and car insurance rates with the best coverage and the best policy. That's why you need the assistance of the Rhodes Group to do the same for you. As the old saying goes, time is money. And as insurance rates continue rising faster than ever, you need to get at least 10 insurance quotes to make sure you're getting the best policy. Otherwise, you're going to spend hours doing it yourself. Instead, get in touch with an independent insurance agency like the Rhodes Group ...to do the shopping for you. Plus, that comes with peace of mind, which brings comprehensive collision, uninsured motorist coverage, third-party liability, all the things that we kind of think we know about, but there's a pretty good chance we would mess up. Get in touch with an independent agent like the Rhodes Group to make sure your policy is done right. They have a landing page set up for our listeners where you can go to get those 10 home and car insurance quotes in just 10 minutes. You can go to roads groupcom slash churnoff or call them to get those ten quotes directly at six seven eight three four one nine six six seven. Falcons were losers yesterday, twenty eight twenty-three to the Titans. A lot to cover in that game, including do we have a good old-fashioned quarterback controversy? We'll talk about it all coming up. Plus Georgia took care of Florida on Saturday, and they looked like the best team in the country. That should be the odds on favorite to once again win the championship we'll talk about how that unfolded coming up and the Braves are off to a good start in the appetizer portion of award season we'll cover the two first awards for the Braves but first I want to do some bragging on our partners at short barrel bourbon sometimes you watch an NFL game that frankly wants to drive you a little nuts maybe drive you to drink well think about having one of the great products from short barrel bourbon which is the parent company of old fourth distillery short barrel story is a great one They were started by three whiskey-drinking friends with a passion for bourbon. They're owned and operated in Atlanta, which we love. They started in 2020, and now it's thriving. Short Barrel Bourbon, if you took my word for it, and believe me, you should, because Short Barrel's as good as it gets, but they're also winners over and over in the awards industry. We're talking about double gold from the San Francisco World Wine and Spirits Competition, which is the world's largest and most prestigious competition in the world. But wait, there's more. Short Barrel just won the Kentucky Bourbon Single Barrel Competition. They also won the best single barrel at the New York Spirits Competition. Short Barrel is available all Atlanta and Georgia. Retailers as well as your local restaurants. Make sure you check them out and ask about Short Barrel. You can also go to the website at shortbarrelbourbon.com. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook for all things Short Barrel. Well, the Falcons were losers 28-23 yesterday to the Titans. They dropped to four 4-4. and four. There are a lot of things in this game that we need to talk about, and the switch from Desmond Ritter to Taylor Heineke will get the biggest headline, and understandably so. But the amount of Falcon mistakes in that game should be the larger headline. A couple of other things. The Falcons' lines of scrimmage were both pushed around. Offensive line was run over throughout this game. The Titans had six sacks, including five in the first half. Falcon defense made Will Levis look like a ten-year starter instead of a guy starting his first game. Then there was the special teams mistakes from decisions like Mike Hughes constantly catching balls inside the ten. Scotty Miller then deciding not to catch a punt and losing some uh, obvious field position. Bijan Robinson on a couple of routes not getting his head turned around in time to make catches. There was just a lot of those things. You add add them up together, and typically in one-score games. There will be the things that cost you. Overall, though, the defense to me was the most disappointing part of the game. The lack of pressure the line was able to create. The fact that Will Levis threw for 238 and four touchdowns in his debut. That's a problem considering the Falcon defense had been so good throughout the first seven games of the season. Now, let's talk about the quarterback change. Is it because Ritter was banged up and had to get a concussion test, although he was cleared They said he wasn't right, or was it performance? I don't know. You decide. I would say it this way. If they didn't pull Ritter after three interceptions in a game or three fumbles in a game, it would be odd that they pulled him after halftime of a performance that wasn't good, but it wasn't as bad as those. Now let's talk about Taylor Heineke, who I thought did some really good things in the game. When he had time to throw, he was really effective. That was a problem. The Falcons' offensive line, as I said, were pushed around. The Falcons gave up five sacks in the first half with Ritter in the game, only one with Heineke in the second half. The pressure was still there, but you can see the difference in a veteran quarterback. In Taylor Heineke, either getting rid of the ball quicker at times, escaping the pocket, keeping plays alive, that's just, again, a veteran quarterback. Uh, So this week now becomes very interesting for Arthur Smith. We all know Taylor Heineke was better. He was the better quarterback yesterday. The offense was moving at a better pace. That's obvious. Now, he should be a better quarterback. He's been in the league a lot longer. He's started 25 games. He's been in the uh, NFL now for, what, five, six, seven years. If it was me, I would stay with him. But if you do that, you're admitting you're kind of starting over at quarterback long-term because Taylor is most likely a Band-Aid. I'm not going to say that Taylor can't be an every-down starter moving forward, but at this point in his career, Heineke kind of is what he is. In flashes, Taylor can play very well. But in other times, he's been a turnover machine, He's just a, an above-average quarterback. There's a reason why teams like Carolina and Washington had him, didn't hold on to a long-term. But again, I would stay with Taylor now. if The main goal is we want to get to the playoffs this year, and we'll reevaluate our quarterback long-term later on. Heineke was asked after the game if he believes he's earned the starting job. His quote, nope, this is Desmond's team. Well, you knew he was going to say that, right? I don't think he was going to come out and say, you saw what happened, I'm the better quarterback. <laughs> stay with me, I'm the only chance you have. That wouldn't be the thing he's going to say. Arthur Smith was asked after the game about the decision. He said it was not performance-based, that Ritter was not right after getting uh, tested for the concussion. They'll see what happens the rest of the week. Now, this comes down to a couple of things. Does Arthur Smith, because coaches are stubborn and have big egos, they put a lot into Desmond Ritter as far as time, investment. Do they stay with him and say, we still believe in him long-term, but that could hinder the chances to get to the postseason this year or do they go to Taylor Heineke stay with what they might consider a hot hand and then come back to Desmond at another time again this comes down to stubbornness ego and how much Arthur Smith believes his job security is there one more issue for the Falcons actually two if you want to look at it this way Grady Jarrett left that game yesterday early with a knee injury we'll find out about him as the week moves along in Drake London he left banged up although Drake after the game said he believes he'll be good to go next week when minnesota comes to town speaking of minnesota bad news for the vikings they lost kirk cousins to what looks like an achilles injury that will end his season so the falcons no doubt will catch a break they were already going to miss justin jefferson now kirk cousins will be out so again those are opportunities you just have to take advantage of unlike the one they missed on sunday facing a rookie quarterback making his first start one note that came out before the falcon game this from pro football talk the falcons Apparently, it offered a third-round pick to the Washington Commanders for Montez Sweat, their defensive end. Uh, PFT wrote whether a trade there or elsewhere happens largely would depend on what happened with the Commanders game. Yesterday, they lost to the Eagles, so maybe that uh, incentivizes them to make a move. Montez Sweat would be a big upgrade for the Falcons on the edge. He's an impending free agent, so you make that move looking to try to sign him long-term. And again, that would be a big upgrade. We will see what happens At the time of this recording, no deal done. Trade deadline coming up tomorrow on the 31st. All right, coming up next on our menu, Georgia looked like the best team in America on Saturday in their dominant win over the Gators. We'll talk about that coming up, but first, speaking of menus, First Watch serves its entire menu seven days a week from 7 a.m. until 2.30 p.m. In this fall at First Watch Hot Honey, it's the new pumpkin spice. In its newest seasonal menu, the leader in breakfast, brunch, and lunch is partnering with Mike's Hot Honey, to bring sweet heat to a custom recipe if you're a pumpkin spice lover don't fret they continue to roll out the cozy classics like pumpkin pancakes cinnamon spice churros and their wonderful pomegranate pear punch fresh juice available now at first watch oh by the way first watch just opened its fourth new location in the atlanta suburbs in the last year this time the newest spot in Kennesaw on barrett parkway it's complete with an outdoor patio an indoor brunch bar and you can always order online at first watch com georgia beat florida on saturday 43 to 20 in a game that wasn't that close the dogs improved to 8-0 overall 5-0 in the sec and it's hard to say a game completely changes on one play but i think that happened on saturday in what was a 10-7 game where florida had really had some success moving the football billy napier decides to go for a fourth and inches from his own 34 yard line already a dangerous decision but they were setting up for a halfback pass georgia sniffed it out Ended the drive. Dogs take over, and things snowballed for Florida from there. Georgia scored on its next possession in just three plays. Then Florida fumbled. Georgia recovered. Dogs scored in five plays on the following possession. Georgia blocked a punt, had a safety, and at that point it was 26-7. to Game over. Now, you could even argue things went south a little earlier. Brent Rollins of PFF College noted that Florida's first 10 plays in the game on Saturday went for 91 yards. They were having success. Then Ricky Pearsall was given an opportunity on a trick play that lost four yards, and Florida never really challenged again. After that play, the next 16 plays for Florida netted 24 yards, but I should mention negative 24 yards. They couldn't get anything done. As far as Georgia was concerned, Carson Beck threw for 315 yards, two touchdowns, completed 68% of his passes. Now, here on the podcast on Friday and on the radio, we were trying to figure out who steps up to fill some of the production with Brock Bowers out. My best guess was I thought Ladd McConkey would become the security blanket, the safety valve for Carson Beck, and it turned out that was right. Ladd had six catches, 135 yards, and a touchdown. Played very well. Dominic Lovett also had four catches, 83 yards. And Dejon Edwards has really solidified Georgia's run game. He had 16 carries, 95 yards, just under six a carry, with two touchdowns on the day. So for the dogs, it's another win. And I thought this rundown um, of what Georgia's been doing, not just this season, but over the last, what, three-plus seasons. The Junkyard blog had this, which sets up the glory days continuing for Georgia. Dogs have now won three in a row against Florida, all by more than 20 points. They've won six of seven against the Gators overall. Georgia's won 25 games in a row, continuing the longest record in Georgia history. Going back further than that, the Dogs have now won 41 of their last 43 games played. And they now have 24 straight SEC wins. That's a new Georgia record. They've also won 35 in a row in the regular season, continuing again another Georgia record. These indeed are the glory days. And as the Junkyard blog wrote, enjoy every second. You can nitpick if you want, but man, they continue just to impress. Georgia will host Missouri Saturday at 3.30. Dogs have opened up as a 17 favorite in the game uh, one more note in college football good win for georgia tech they beat north carolina 46 42 on saturday night to get back to 500 at four and four as their roller coaster ride of a season continues haynes king georgia Tech's starting quarterback needed a bounce back game and he got it threw for four touchdowns 287 yards jackets got 178 yards on the ground from dante smith georgia tech put up 635 total yards in the game It's the second most against the Power 5 opponent in a regulation game in school history. Andy Demetra, the voice of the Jackets, pointed out something. He said the most impressive stat of the night for Tech is that they overcame four different double-digit deficits against North Carolina. Jackets were down 14-0, 21-7, 35-24, and 42-32 before scoring the final 14 points of the game. Good job by Tech as they will head to Virginia next. They'll play the Cavs Saturday at 2 uh, remember, Virginia is a team that uh, nearly pulled off an upset. They went to overtime with Miami on Saturday so you can't take them lightly. All right, we'll talk about uh, the award season getting off to a good start for the Braves in a moment. but first let me do some bragging on the daily draft in downtown Woodstock. That's my go-to sports bar for good reason. It's the best spot in the Burbs. It's the biggest and best big screen you'll find anywhere. It's right in downtown Woodstock on Main Street. downtown Woodstock's awesome picture a bunch of bars great restaurants nightlife and the perfect spot to spend your saturday college football fun your sunday pro football action your uh, baseball postseason your hoops you name it go check them out you'll see what i brag about all the time a two-story sports bar environment with an unbelievable big screen a craft beer bar self-serve taps a brand new menu they just rolled out there's a reason why to me it's the best sports bar in the burbs if you live in roswell or milton you're right around the corner you're in canton or kennesaw you're not far either downtown woodstock it's the daily draft follow them on instagram and facebook for all the details check out the website as well at thedailydraft.net. congratulations to ronald acuna jr he was named the mlb player of the year by sporting news acuna's record-setting 40 70 season not surprising that he would win such an award it's kind of a precursor to what's coming as I think he'll take home the NL MVP when the BBWA uh, makes their announcements in mid-November. The Baseball Writers of America will choose their Cy Youngs, their MVPs and Rookies of the Year, in mid-November. Until then, this is one of the awards, and also Brian Snitker, Braves' manager, shares the award for Manager of the Year with uh, Milwaukee's Craig Council. We know Snit and the Braves came in with very high expectations, which sometimes hurt your chances to win awards. But when you win 104 games and you do overcome some big injuries from Max Fried to Kyle Wright to early Resele Iglesias, losing A.J. Minter, being without Michael Harris, Travis Darnot, we forget the Braves overcame a lot of that stuff to finish the season with the best record in baseball. And Snit will share the Sporting News Award for Manager of the Year. Again, mid-November, the rest of the awards will come out. We'll see what the Braves can take home at that point. All right, if you guys would do me the favor of hitting the subscribe button just to guarantee you get the pod each and every day on any and all of the podcast platforms you check out, it'll be waiting for you. I'll talk to you later this afternoon on the radio at 2 o'clock on 680 The Fan in Atlanta. We're back here tomorrow for the next edition of The Daily Ten. Subscribe to The Daily Ten now and get the latest breaking news and biggest stories of the day every morning. Get more at 680thefan.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you get your favorite shows.
0: Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? How?
1: presentation.